This is Richard Cloutier Reports on 680 CJOB. Growth fees, your tax dollars, and the impact that this could potentially have on growth in the city of Winnipeg, your taxes, and your job. We asked John Hughes, who wrote this report, what a growth fee is. Well, a growth fee is a fee that pays for the roads and uh, pipes and uh, and uh, community centers, etc., that um, that are required to provide the services to new development. So, uh, as new development comes along, obviously, uh, people who live in those uh, in those new units need uh, need those services, and uh, that requires uh, not just additional staff for the city, but also uh, uh, the infrastructure that goes with it, the the buildings, the bricks and mortar, if you like. We have several guests. Let's begin with Mike Moore, who is president and CEO of the Manitoba Home Builders Association. Mike Moore, if I buy a house of $450,000, brand new house, how much of that cost goes in one way or another to government? Well, the three levels of government collect 27.5%. That's over $123,000 for each average new home going to the three levels of government. What's that used for? Um, In some cases, general revenue. How does it break down? Oh, how How much of it is taxes? How much of it is fees? Uh, Where does it go? Spend a moment to tell us about that. Well, of course, there's the PST and, and GST involved in that, land transfer tax twice, uh, but a lot of it is going to things like permit fees, uh, land development costs, zoning fees, and and setting up the you know the hydro and all the necessary things under the development agreement parameters that are established by the city. The whole idea of a growth fee does that essentially take a good portion of what is already going to government, and it's like you're then starting all over again. Is that what this signal sends to you folks in the industry? No, what what the signal is thus far is pay what you're doing now, which is everything in the new development, and we want more. Are you wanting then the current system to be scrapped and tell Mayor Brian Bowman, if you want a new regime here, a new way of doing things, we have to start from the beginning. We have to start all over again. Well, we had established the development agreement parameter process decades ago. Council in June of 2015 endorsed it proceeding. The committee was established in December 2015 to meet on a regular basis for five months. And we only had four meetings. And then the whole process was put on hiatus as soon as the RFP went out. So uh, we would like to go back to talking in the development agreement parameter process. Councillor Jenny Gerbassi joins us. Is this a happy Friday based on this report? Well, I think the good uh, news in the report is that it very clearly um, shows that growth, especially in the suburban areas, does not, in the new greenfield type of development, does not cover all the costs. Now, it covers some of the internal or most of the internal costs that are sort of obvious, but when you look at the X, the costs of the impact on the whole services that the city needs to provide to that development as a direct result, uh, it doesn't cover it. And that's really the main thing that the study shows. So uh, if that isn't covered in the existing development cost charges and and the way that those are done, uh, then that cost is being spread among all the taxpayers in the city, even those that aren't 
uh, in the existing areas of the city. And so we are in more and more trouble as a city in terms of paying for the services that people need in existing parks and existing uh, neighborhoods as well as the new neighborhoods and all the services that people require. So the cost clearly doesn't is not covered by the development. And I guess that's where we're in disagreement with some members of the industry who are obviously going to be advocating for this um, because it's in their interests financially to do so. And You and say some members of the industry. Have you come across a member of the industry that supports this? Um, well, I don't think, well, I personally haven't been involved in all these discussions, but it's sort of like talking about uh, restrictions on tobacco. I mean, you're going to have the industry taking a certain position. But I, I guess what I would like to say that I think that the main benefit of this study is that it shows that growth doesn't pay for growth uh, in greenfield development, which is something that we've been saying all along, some of us for a long, long time. So it's nice to have the evidence to back that up. Expand Uh, on that for a moment here. You're talking and you're using a greenfield development term that I think most people are not familiar with. Well, I'm talking about the development that's on, I, I believe that the development that is further away from the center of the city, that is more lower density, has more additional costs because you're going to have people with more automobile vehicles. They're going to need new services. If you're building in the center of the city where you already have schools, you already have the infrastructure in place, you already have community centers built, you don't need a $60 million new rec center, you don't need new interchanges and roads, people might have one car or car share or you know, it's less impact on the overall city services. Well, because and I, Angela Matheson... topic beyond just the overall growth piece. And, and, and let that. me play for you, Angela Matheson, from Center Venture Development Corporation, because she begs to disagree with you. She says, especially downtown, this is going to hit developers hard. The cost of building high-rise construction uh, can be 60% more. We've got to provide underground parking, structured parking. All of these things are added costs to developing in the downtown, which makes the economics more challenging. Uh, The profit margins on developments in the downtown are very thin. So the contemplation of adding on a fee on top of that, we think will have a detrimental impact. Councillor Jenny Gerbassi, is Angela Matheson wrong? No, I'm trying to say, I'm actually trying to add on to the, the discussion was, um, the overall growth not paying for growth, I agree with that in the um, greenfield type of a development, but I think we have to account for downtown development and other areas where it's more difficult to build. So I believe we need to bring in uh, some of the ideas that the report does mention that cities do bring in, which are policy ideas such as um, exempting areas or infill or downtown or areas where we are trying to encourage and support the development that is more difficult to do. So while the report doesn't go into all the, give us the answers for that, it does say that that's what many cities do. And that's, and I agree that with Angela, that that's what we need to do. As far as suburban development is concerned, when Eric Vogan of Qualico says this could slow development down, that with 60% of the available lots right now, essentially are owned by the provincial government through Manitoba housing and that the market slows down. And as a result, uh, the provincial government doesn't realize $25 million in what they're expecting because of the slowdown in the housing market. You're looking at charging development fees, but the industry is telling us right off the bat that that could slow construction, not only on the residential side, 
but on commercial and industrial and send it outside the city of Winnipeg, even though some of these communities have development fees. Are you comfortable with that? Or is this a matter of Councillor Gerbassi, uh, the folks like the tobacco industry pushing back with the predictable response? Do you not believe that they're going to vote with their wallets and build or not build or not buy those lots? Do you sincerely believe that? Uh, I, I'm not convinced that, um, that these fees will create that. I mean, almost every other city has fees like this, including many in Manitoba who have the authority to have it. Um, in an even more simpler way in their charter. We're trying to find a way to do it. Um, but it's very standard practice to do it. And it's also pretty standard practice to um, have exemptions for your policy goals like downtown development and infill development to make your city more dense and attractive. Most downtowns and inner city uh, inner cities um, are, the, the city has to have some kind of, incentive or make it easier because as Angela Matheson is correct in saying it is harder to build there right now it's easier to build there but to answer my question about suburban development do you sincerely believe that it's not going to affect the market Uh, it's a simple yes or no question well it could affect it in a lot of different complex ways but I don't think it's necessarily going to be bad for our city I don't think everyone's going to go as far away from Winnipeg as possible. The, the, the capital region also has these fees and we're, everyone's facing the same issues. Um, we need to, it's about what kind of city we want to build, Richard. And, and we can't bankrupt, you know, have a donut in the middle of the city to pay for services on the edge of the city. And we're way behind in recognizing that. And finally, there's a, a report that recognizes that we're not covering the cost of that kind of development and so why should all citizens have to pay higher taxes uh, for those that are living in existing homes? We have to spread it out in a more fair manner. And that's what this is really about. Councillor, we have to cover the cost of our infrastructure needs in Count, a fair manner. Councillor Jabassi, I thank you so very much. Mike Moore is here from the Manitoba Home Builders Association. And with us from Qualico Developments is Eric Vogan. How do you like uh, to be compared by Jenny Gerbassi? To big tobacco. <laughs> that was a that was quite a reach, but uh, uh, I know that uh, Jenny Gervasi uh, uh, does not believe a lot of numbers that we've presented regarding uh, the real assessment problems uh, in the city, and uh, we're, we're perhaps demons in your mind. <laughs> what do you think of this report? This uh, consultant's report. Is there any value to it to form the basis of a conversation between City Hall? And the development community. It is uh, it is a fanciful collection of numbers. Uh, the, uh, the the Hampson Consulting Group is very experienced, but uh, they've been given a collection of numbers that would uh, surprise any other city that's uh, experienced in doing this development uh, fee thing. It's uh, it's very uh, rickety. Can you give us an example that most of us would would understand when you say it's rickety? And it's fanciful. Can you give us an example of what they've come up with and how out of touch or inaccurate that is? Well, uh, for example, Calgary would know what its arterial roads are, what its expressways are, what its freeways are. And it has formulas for new developments contribution to each of those types of roads. Winnipeg has no such classification of roads. And in the report, uh, it appears that new development should be responsible for replacing the Arlington Bridge and the Disraeli Freeway. 
like most people that have bought homes in this century, uh, Winnipeg probably don't know where the Arlington Bridge is. There's no connection between growth and, and the replacement of a 100-year-old structure in a neighborhood that is really very low on assessment per capita and can't pay its own bills. So the logic there is that a new development in uh, the fringe part of Winnipeg should help build the Arlington Bridge? Well, they, those those monies are already coming from new homes because new homes pay three, four, and five times the amount that uh, the city needs on average to uh, to cover its bills. And those huge inflows are being used to uh, to figure, fix old problems right now. And without those new flows, uh, this city will indeed have to raise taxes significantly. How many homes, how many apartment, how many condominium units uh, has Qualico built, let's say, last year? How many units? Uh, I would uh, I would guess that uh, the home builders uh, probably did about four or 500 homes, the condo, probably about 200 condos. I know I sold about 450 lots to a various group of builders. And you're probably on track maybe a little slower this year? Uh, well, it uh, it did uh, it did pick up this year. We had uh, we had a couple of slow years where demand was down. We didn't service at all in Sage Creek, for example, in the last two years. And this year, we were planning on adding a small sixty lot phase. So this goes through, and there'll be that flurry to beat all the new development fees and taxes if it goes ahead. But then, what do you expect to happen after that? Well, I, I think the uh, the hiatus starts right now. Uh, we uh, we look to. Uh, sell lots as they're needed by builders uh, and our fall uh, lot uh, meetings will be very interesting. Will the builders want to take on lots with the expectation or the possibility of a uh, uh, um, $30,000 permit fee? So even the debate, the conversation, what the mayor and councillors like Jenny Gerbassi are saying right now, that's going to have an impact? Well, we've got to, okay, right, as, uh, okay, I've got to look right now at uh, whether we should indeed uh, service new lots. So we we're just about to start next week. But those are, uh, those are uh, lots that uh, will be sold over the next year and, and doubtlessly impacted by the conversation. Certainly, I think the conversation uh, should, should prove that this fee is badly constructed and uh, ill-conceived and they have to go back to the uh, to the negotiating table and do it right. But in the meantime, uh, we've, uh, we've basically got to put ourselves on rinse and hold. And in doing that, what's the spillover effect? That means the people that would build the homes don't get the work, correct? There's that that spillover. Well, true. Yeah, the, the first thing I do is I phone the sewer and water contractor and say, hold it. We're not sure that we need any of these lots. He phones the paving guy. The builders go... Okay, uh, why have we got show homes here? Are there, there going to be lots next year? Then, well, we'll see if we need them. And uh, it trickles down that way. The consultant, Gerbassi, said, well, Winnipeg's unique. Other cities have these development fees, and uh, they carry on okay. Can you compare the experience Qualico has in those other markets with what happens here? Uh, Calgary's had development fees for over 40 years, and, uh, and that's in fact where I first learned the nuances of cost sharing uh, for for growth. 
and it's a very very refined uh, very scientific business uh there is uh you know by comparison there's absolutely no science uh, employed in the Winnipeg example and uh and we've had no indications from the city that they intend to put any money uh, charged to growth away to uh specifically provide for future projects they want to pay for old problems they want to pay for the fact that they never did save up to pay for the Arlington Bridge or the Israeli Expressway Mr. Vogan, I thank you so very much for taking the time to join us this morning. Thank you. Eric Vogan of Qualico Developments. Mike Moore, um, quick question for you uh, at Manitoba Home Builders. You represent folks like Eric Vogan. What happens now from your perspective? Well, what we have to do now, of course, is uh, rebut, as uh, Eric said, the report was a fanciful collection of numbers. Uh, We have to have our consultants uh, put together a report questioning those numbers, asking for the validity of it, and uh, and going forward and refuting some of the points that are made in that Hempson report. Part of me says part of this exercise will ultimately be our taxes are going to go up one way or another, whether it's through development fees, through property taxes. And Hempson says that we're paying the price for 12 years of property tax freezes through this. Your association is saying, wait a minute, you got to spread it out evenly. In the end, unless there's some cost cutting going on at City Hall, we're going to get it one way or another. Uh, But my question has to do with trust. Do you trust the mayor and council to be able to sit down and honestly discuss this? Has that trust been broken? We have to work together. Uh, Whether it's a trust, whether it's a partnership, we're in a business relationship with each other, and we have to work together to grow this city. It's the only way it works. If, if we can't work together, this city falls apart. Richard Cloutier reports on 680 CJOB.